Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Bag that I got is overpriced and you can't get this known. You in your bag now, and you ain't never been the man, you gotta brag now. And you ain't never been the type to finish last now. You made it to the NBA from a class clown. It's crazy how this shit changed. Yeah, yeah, they won't love you if you stay the same. Yeah, yeah, they won't love you if you feel your pain. You got that platform, but it's speak your truth. Penetration through these words, fuck they bulletproof. Time to get me. Time to get me. Cause I'm in my bag, oh. All righty, folks, we are back with another episode of the What's In Your Bag podcast with Andrew Robinson. And today we have a special guest, man. This guy, uh, me and this guy go way, way back to the prep school days, man, in the nipsack. Um, But now he's doing his thing uh, on the biggest stage in the NBA with the L.A. Clippers. Um, I'm happy and pleased to be joined by none other than Terrence Mann. So, Terrence, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. No doubt, no doubt, man. And uh, shoot, man, like I said, it's been a while, man, since we were hooping back back at uh, back in the Nipsack days, man. But um, I kind of want to get right into. It. Obviously, you know, I I first met you back in 2015 um, when you were at Tilton. But obviously, uh, you know, you were born in New York, you know, raised in Mass. Kind of talk to me a little bit of just about your upbringing, like you know, how you kind of started hooping, you know, what 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 brought you to Mass, and then uh, you know, obviously, how that kind of molded you into the, into the play that you are today. Yeah, so um, I, yeah, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Um, my mom was coach, uh, assistant coach, grad assistant coach at LIU Brooklyn at the time. Um, so I kind of always been around basketball, man. After school, I went to school down the street. Um, my dad would pick me up sometimes, take her to her practices, sometimes just go home, whatever, whatnot. But I was always around basketball. Um, played a lot of soccer too. My family's Caribbean, so in the fall time it was just straight soccer. Winter time it was straight basketball. Um, so I did that. I was 11 and then my mom got the head coach job at Northeastern University in Boston so we left New York um went up north to Boston and that's where I moved that's where I started you know really growing up playing basketball my friends out there we played basketball outside a lot um and then we started hearing about the prep school scene so I went I went to prep school at age 14 I started living up there at boarding school and just you know focused on hope yeah, yeah. now Speaking of just the whole prep school scene, man, when, when me and you were there, man, the prep school scene was crazy. I mean, I only went to Putnam for one year. You were obviously at, at Tune for a little bit longer, but I mean, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Adams, my teammate, uh, Hamdu Diallo. Uh, I mean, the list goes on long. Wanyan Gabriel was at uh, Wilbur Munster when we were there. Nepsack um, is crazy, you know, when it comes to just uh, NBA guys, his talent come out of high school, man. But just talk about some of the, some of the, uh, I guess, your favorite memories, your favorite moments from playing at Tilton, and then how you think that kind of prepared you for, you know, what came next in your career? 
Yeah, um, I had a lot of you know cool moments, um, and and then played a lot against a, against a lot of cool players too. Um, you know, guys who made it all the way to the NBA, guys who, you know, any given night you're playing at least three Division One players in that league. So, um, yeah, I mean, I remember one game versus Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Adams, and them at Brewster. Um, you know, they they had a stack team. They were like they were like 11, 12 Division One players deep, and we took them, I think, to overtime or something at our at our house. Um, but that's like a rivalry because they live up the street. Their school's right up the street. It's like twenty minutes from us, so. Those games are crazy. Even when we played y'all, man, like, you know, first half we were blowing y'all out. And y'all figure it out. Y'all come all the way back. You know, the game goes right down to the wire. Um, So games like that, man, just cool games like that. And then, you know, eventually you find out, you know, who ends up playing D1 and you're like, damn, like, you really played against a lot of players in that league. Man, it's crazy. And I think it's even, even crazier for me because I was from Maryland. You know what I'm saying? So for me, coming to Connecticut, like, you know, for those who, who guys are, are watching this and don't know, I mean, in DMV, you got the, the Mathers, the Gonzagas, the Paul Six. I mean, it's the, the Catholic League down there is a crazy, a crazy, crazy league. So I was out, always like, you know, the WCC is like, you know, bar none, the best league in the country, ain't nowhere near it. And I came to Nipsack and I was like, wow, I mean, it's, it's definitely like, I think you can compare. Obviously, it's a little different because guys are older in these leagues, but um, the bump was definitely crazy, man. But I kind of wanted to ask you, kind of transition a little bit. Obviously, you know, you leave Tilton, uh, you end up committing to Florida State. And, you know, looking back on it for me, at least, uh, from the outside looking in, I feel like in the in the last maybe five years or so, five, ten years, uh, a bunch of wins have come out of Florida State. Yourself, Dwayne Bacon, Malik Beasley, Jonathan Isaac, Scotty Barnes just last year. Um, plenty of wins, you know, have, have kind of made the NBA from there. But I feel like when you were coming there, that wasn't really a thing yet. Um, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but – so for you, like, what was the reasoning for why you chose Florida State at that time? Because I feel like now it's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy pitch to kind of go there as a guy like yourself and play and, and make it to the league. But for you, um, what's the guy about Florida State that made you want to go there, um, you know, for the next four years? Um, For me, it was the vision. Like, it was exactly that, to start something new. Um, You know, I could have went to Indiana. I could have went to Georgetown. I could have, you know, went to all these schools where – you know, it's normal to for a five star or a four star, whatever, whatever I was um, to go to a school like that and, and make it to the NBA. But I wanted to try my own path. And I had ended up um, talking to two other players who wanted to do the same thing, Dwayne Bacon and Malik Beasley. So we were in the same class and we were all roughly the same position. But we were like, you know, what? let's just go there and try and do something and like change the narrative because it was a football school. They had just won the national championship with Jameis Winston. Um, you know, they had Jalen Ramsey, Derwin James, all these football players already going there. And we were like, you know, let's go there too and make it a basketball school. And that's exactly what I did, man. I went in there, did four years. I was a three-year captain there and just made it a basketball school. And from me, Dwayne Bacon and Malik Beasley, that turned into Jonathan Isaac, that turned into Devin Vassell, who's on the Spurs, that turned into Pat Williams, who's on the Bulls, that turned into Scotty Barnes, you know what I'm saying? Um, that turned into, you know, Fiondu Cavangeli got drafted with me to the Clippers. It just turned into – it just got the ball rolling. And there's a bunch of players playing overseas. I mean, Xavier Tan Mays right now is in Australia. He's killing it. Brian Angola, like a bunch of high-level overseas players also. So, yeah, man, we just had a vision early. We were young, but we were mature, and we changed that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, and just kind of a follow-up on that, you mentioned all the guys that you obviously had, had made to the league and. Uh, from Florida State, but you guys also went to an Elite Eight and a Sweet 16 while you were there. Uh, you mentioned you guys were coming off of 
the football team winning a national championship. So, like, what was that like around that time, man, when y'all was getting it lit? But historically, it's a football school. So, it was like, was y'all still feeling the love around campus? Like, what was the vibes around around the town you feel like? So, my first two years, we were still, like, the 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 little brothers on campus. You Like, you still feel like, you know, our games were getting lit. Our games were selling out, but everybody was waiting for football season. And then my junior year, senior year, when we made the Elite Eight and stuff, it was just it was a, it was the opposite. Like you could feel, you know, everywhere I went on campus, I you know somebody wanted a picture. All you know, what I'm saying it was just crazy. I stopped going to class. Like I was like, man, like class is a lot for me because people want to talk. You know what I'm saying? People want to, you know what I mean? It started getting crazy on campus. Everywhere I go, and shoot, if there were NIL deals back then, I would have been a millionaire for sure. Like my last <laughs> year of school, um, but. Yeah, man. So it shifted. It took it took about two years, two good years to to shift that energy. But yeah, early on it was, it was tough. Yeah, we asked. We had a uh, Marquise Reed on the podcast last week, and he was talking about the same thing, kind of dealing with that at Clemson. Obviously, right. football school, and they actually went to the Sweet Sixteen as well while he was there. And uh, right. so I found it interesting, man. What that what that process is like, man. But um, I. I you know what? You know me, us, us, us mid-major folks. You know I went to Quinnipiac and then Copper State, so I didn't, I didn't have that that big time campus life, man. So like, I've actually never asked anybody this before because I, f- I feel like when you go to a school like Duke and Kentucky or maybe UNC, like stuff like that is kind of expected. But for you, like being at Florida State when that was going on, like, what is that actually like for you trying to be a student and not being able to kind of, I guess, have that peace of mind or like do things? Like, how chaotic this, does it really get? You know, um, around around campus. It definitely got chaotic, um, and and our campus is right in the middle of HBCU, FAMU, oh, yeah. the side of the tracks, yeah. and TCC, where most of the kids in Florida, it's a community college, go to also, and our school's right in the middle. So you have, I think we had like 50,000 kids at our school, and then each of the other schools had like 20-plus thousand, right. all, in, all in like a three-mile radius. <laughs> So it's like it's a lot going on like every day. So it's it's almost like that's why I'm so used to L.A. because it was almost like the same type of energy, right. like a lot going on every day. There's something, you know, you got parties, you got girls from all sorts of schools, all sorts of backgrounds. You got a whole bunch of distractions. But I think our coaches did a great job of keeping our heads on straight and keeping the main thing, the main thing. And like, you know, this is only temporary. Like you're only going to be here for four years. You want to set your life up down the line. And I think we bought into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a perfect segue into my next question, man. Uh, when me and Ace first got into the journalism thing, uh, we had a segment called Coach's Corner. And uh, we had the opportunity to interview Leonard Hamilton uh, during that series. And that was probably one of the best interviews that we ever had as far as just the, the things that he was saying, the gems that he dropped, um, especially just talking to another African-American coach, you know, about just what, what that path was like and things like that. Um, what can you say about what that experience was like playing for Coach Hamilton at Florida State and uh, just some of the lessons that he was able to teach you, you know, over your four years? Because I feel like he doesn't get enough credit, you know, for being like the legendary coach that he is in, in, in the college yeah. basketball game. And he won't and he won't do to him being, you know, African-American coach. He won't get that credit. Um, he won't, you know, they won't, they'll, they might do something for him, but it's not going to be to exactly what he deserves compared to all the other coaches that get that. Right. But um, man, like life lessons is it was it was an everyday thing. Like every day he has you thinking, you know, is my life is my head on straight? 
Like that's that's the main message that he he gives. Like every single day you walk out of that gym, you're thinking like, am I doing the right thing? Is my head on straight? Am I preparing myself and my family to be you know great and and set down the line? And that's all he wanted, man. He didn't care about. I mean, he he didn't care about wins, losses. He just wanted everybody to just you know, change their family's life. He was big on that. And he was big on being a man and he was big on respect. And like, you know, their their quote, their their famous quote that sticks with our team is respect is the ultimate currency. Like not money, not anything. I even had that tatted on me now. And, yeah. Like respect is the ultimate currency, man. You have respect, you can it's it's worth more than anything. And I think that was, you know, one of the biggest takeaways I got from going to school down there. Yeah. That's love. That's love, man. Um, so putting the cap kind of on the college experience, obviously, I feel like by this point, everybody's heard, you know, the story about uh, you going to the G League camp and then you leaving and, you, and your phone about to die and everything like that. Yeah. If, you, if you haven't heard that, make sure you look it up. We're not going, we're not going to have bro, you know, re 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 recite that whole thing. But um, just talk about what your draft prospect was like, man, because obviously, you know, you ended up going in the second round, but I feel like from, from what I've heard, like, when you kind of are in that like late first round, second round range, you're working out for a bunch of teams. You don't really know where you're going. Um, so what was that draft process like? Did you have any idea of like what team like that, that that the Clippers might be interested in you? Or was it kind of like, yo, man, I'm I can go anywhere. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, my, my draft process was interesting, man. Nobody wants a four-year college player. <laughs> like, it's just nobody wants that. And you know, though it comes with maturity and knowledge of the game and, you know, the, you know, I feel like the four years cosplayers that came before me showed a great deal of, you know, they're going to be good off the court. You know, they, they set good examples. So I don't understand why, but um, yeah, man, it was a process. I had to work out for, I think, 14 teams, um, you know, multiple cities in multiple days, commercial flights, um, a lot of interviews. The draft process was probably the most stressful process I ever had of basketball in my life. It, in terms of like, especially in my position where you're hearing you can go late first round to you're hearing you can go undrafted. And it's like one day will change all that quick. You know what I'm saying? A couple hours of the draft night and then your life's just changed forever. Um, so that was just a scary, that was a scary thing thinking of going into the, going into the whole process, just not knowing where I'm going to go. But I knew that the Clippers had told me, you know, they, they were really just. If I would have fell to that pick, I would probably get picked up by them. But, you know, there were also a bunch of other teams telling you the same thing. So you never really know. Right, right. So obviously you end up going to the Clippers. And I mean, you walk into a situation where, you know, you get a chance to learn from Kawhi and Paul George. And obviously those guys are still your teammates today. Um, but thinking back when you were a rookie, obviously as a wing, you know, you're playing the same position as, as those guys. Um, what was that like walking into a situation where, number one, you know, you get to learn from two, you know, all NBA level players. Um, but number two, you know, I think just what was that like? Well, like the first time you was like, damn, like, all right, these are going to be my teammates. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was, what was that mindset like? I mean, my, first, my first day with the team was crazy, man. Like I was, I was in shock, like. It was not only Kawhi and PG, man. It was Lou Williams. It was Patrick Beverly. You know, it was Montrez Harrell. It was Patrick Patterson. You know, it was Mo, Mo Harkless. Like, guys I just grew up watching, you know, all the time in general. So, it wasn't just them two. It was, like, the whole team. I was like, dang, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> it, was just, it was a lot to take in. So, I didn't just learn from Kawhi and PG. It was all of them collectively, like, you know, how to move around off the court. 
you know, how to play the game on the court, how to, you know, how to stick in the league for as long as you can. Like they would always drop little gems and stuff like that. So that that whole process, that rookie year was, was interesting, man. And it, it was a lot of fun though. Now, obviously I'm a, I'm a pro basketball player myself. I know there are a bunch of pros that watch this. What are, I guess, uh, if you could say one tip or one, you know, uh, piece of knowledge that they dropped on you as far as, you know, how to how to remain in the league or, you know, how to be a better pro, like, that you could share, um, you know, what would it be? Um, I think the biggest thing was always be professional. Like, like your feelings don't matter in this game almost. Like, you know, your how you feel doesn't really matter. You got to be professional. You got to, you know, understand the process, understand the game and play it. And you can't just, you know, be all about me, 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 me. You know, sometimes it's the team first and that's just what it is. Sometimes it's a business decision and that's what it is. Just remain professional and they'll respect you for that. And that goes back to, you know, respect is the ultimate currency. As long as you have respect in this league, especially in that locker room, then, you know, your name's going to go a long way. Yep, yep. Now, I feel like one of your, you know, career highlights, man, was was that series against the Jazz, man, where you ended up dropping 39 points. And I feel like I feel like you you uh, were the culprit to end the uh, Rudy Gobert era in in uh, Utah because after y'all <laughs> shot them bulls out the gym, they realized that he can't go to the three point line, and they shipped him out to Minnesota. But for you, <laughs> like as a player, like I feel like just for me watching that game as a fan, I feel like I don't know it was crazy. I you I think you could tell that like, you was in a crazy zone. You know what I'm saying? Um, but just walk me through that game, man. Like. When, when that was going down, what was going through your like what was going through your mind? Because obviously, you know, for you, like it's not like you were you know, one of the main guys. Like for a role player to come out and drop thirty nine, like that doesn't happen too often, you know. So like, what was the mindset during the game? Like when you kept hitting shot after shot, like how did how was what was going through your head? Yeah, so I just like it, it started the game before the game before that. Um, they they started playing Rudy on me in the second half of that game, and I was I felt disrespected. I'm like, yo, you have a, a center guard <laughs> me, like standing in the paint while I'm shooting threes, like like that's very disrespectful. And I was like, I'm never like I'm never letting this happen again. You know what I mean? That was my mindset. Like I'm sending the message not to just the Jazz, but to the NBA. Like, come on now, like I'm I'm a professional basketball player. Just because I don't shoot ten threes a game, don't mean I can't shoot the threes. You know right. what I'm saying? So. I, felt disrespected so I was like you know when we play the next game I'm shooting that thing every time I touch it like anytime I touch it on that three-point line I'm shooting it because that's just crazy like I, I can make threes <laughs> I work on my game and I want to show you know and my biggest knock going into the NBA was that I couldn't shoot right and I was like I was like that's just not my game like I don't just go into the game chucking threes but I can shoot you know what I'm saying so I just felt disrespected so it was, it was just a message like to the world almost like you know, this is what y'all thought I couldn't do. So that's why I was so locked in and in the zone because I was so mad. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like it was very disrespectful to me. Now, at some point, did they start calling plays for you, or was it all just kind of in the flow of the offense? It was coming to you. No, nah, it was. It it was. It wasn't plays for me, but we knew what flow would get the ball to me. You know, we knew what what actions would get the ball around the horn and have him in the paint where I would be open. Right. Right. I get. Mm-hmm. You, I got you. Now, obviously, you know, fast forward from there, um, that kind of propels you um, that and into the next season. You end up signing uh, a new contract extension with the Clippers. Talk about just after you sign your extension, man, like you're coming from being a second round pick. Like 
G League draft, like getting the last minute invited to the, to the combine. What did it mean for you to be able to sign that extension and finally be able to kind of, you know, not take a deep breath, but just be like, all right, like, you know, I finally got some yeah. a little bit here, you know? Nah, the, the security aspect of it was dope to be able to sign that and know, you know, like, A, I'm going to have a couple more years in my career in this NBA thing, and B, I'm going to have a lot more money, too, that comes with it just from playing this game that I love. So that was a pretty cool feeling. But it was also, again, you know, a, a disrespect thing, how I felt, you know, I felt like I should have been first round, obviously. I felt like, you know, I just wanted the respect that I deserve. So it felt good to get that, you know, in that sense. Right. Now, kind of fast forward into this season, right? You kind of, we kind of walked it through all the way, all the way up to present day. Um, you scored 39 in the playoffs. You know, you signed the extension. Kawhi gets hurt. Obviously, last year he's out, you know, so you have a larger role on the team. Now, this year you guys picked up John Wall. You know, you guys added a bunch of new pieces and everybody, Kawhi's back in the lineup, obviously, and everybody's like, all right, bet. Like, we're a title contender. You know, Clippers should be, you know, one of the uh, favorites to win it all. And your role right. shifts, right? Now you have to kind of fit into a new role. How do you kind right. of adjust from everything that was going on last season and ending that season before that, you know, having a, a high in the playoffs where it's like, all right, now I might be in a mix and now you kind of got to transition into, all right, like what do I got to do for us to just fit in and then why? Um, nah, that's, that's a whole nother adjustment. You know, I, you know, I was, last year I was playing like almost 30 minutes a game. Right. Um, and, you know, the year before that I was, you know, in the rotation almost every night. So now it's, you know, I'm I'm plugging in, you know, if we need if if we need a backup point for the night, I'm backup point. If we need a backup center for the night, I'm backup center. You know, the last two games I started at at the two. Um before that I was coming off the bench as the three. You know, now I think I'm playing a little four. So um <laughs> it's uh it's it's a process that I'm gonna have to adjust to, but it's fun, man. It's fun being able to play every position. Um, I, I guard every like I guard one through four, sometimes five, depending on who the five men is. But like it's it's dope being able to guard all these different players, um, pick up different tendencies, learn from their games, you know, learn from other players' games that I'm guarding. Um, you know, so it's a, it's, it's I'm having a lot of fun with it right now. I'm not gonna lie, that's dope. Um, talk to me about what uh type of coach Ty Lewis, you know, because I feel like a lot of fans watch him from afar and they see his energy on the sidelines and. I feel like there's also the, the the casual basketball fan who doesn't really know the game that will say, oh, you know, he won a championship because he played, he coached LeBron, things like that. And when in reality, he's one of the best coaches in the league. You know what I'm saying? And I think he proved that last season um, and the year before that with, with what he was able to do with you guys. So just talk about what kind of coach he is, uh, what it's been like playing for him over the last couple of years. Yeah, Ty's, um, you know, he's a great coach. He's a great coach, a great guy. He's always keeping it real with, with us players. Um, you know, he never has us guessing, you know, he, he's like, this is what I want to do. He's very straightforward and this is what I'm doing. He's big on adjustments. So if he sees something, uh, he's going to act on it quick. And I think that's what makes him so great. Just his ability to, you know, be two steps ahead at all times. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my last question about the Clippers, man. I want to, I want to, uh, get your take on this. The Clippers will be 2023 NBA champions if, this if, if, we if, we just all, if we just all buy into our roles and I, you know I slowly see us starting to do it and it's early so you know it can get real scary say no more say no more I'm gonna be definitely tuned in man obviously like I said I got my my dog Ace over there so I'm a I'm a right. Clippers fan by obligation you know what I'm saying but <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna switch it over a little bit man because 
Um, you know, obviously one of the main things about this What's In Your Bag podcast um, that I really pride myself on is talking about things off the court and outside of the game. And one thing that I've noticed about you um, is that, you know, you're a very fashionable guy, man. And you take, you you put a lot of, uh, I guess, effort and care into your outfits and things like that. So we got a segment called uh, Match and Mismatch. And uh, we're going to go through just a couple of questions. Match is um, more likely, I guess, just kind of a fashion trend that I guess uh, that's in right now. Maybe something that, that, that you got your eye on that you like. And uh, mismatch is going to be uh, what's a fashion trend that you want to see go? Something that you think is 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 not really it right now. But so we'll we'll start with the first question first. Um, what do you think is a fashion trend right now that that, that you liking a lot that you think that uh, you know maybe is on the rise? Oh, that's a good one. I think the fashion trend that I feel like is on the rise right now. I think like more people are transitioning to more business casual type look like I like that like I feel like a lot of guys are getting away from the hardcore street wear um to more business casual like you know it's it's obviously gonna go back all trends you know go back but I like right right now where it's at where a lot of guys are you know dressing classy and um you know making money off that facts facts all right and then second half of that question is man what's the trend that you want to see go that's just like yeah that ain't it <laughs> um I, I'm gonna go with not a clothes thing, but I'm I'm starting to see the the people doing the paint, the white paint, <laughs> the white paint. Um uh, I I'm, I believe is that Baltimore or is that Philly? It ain't Baltimore, it must be Philly. Cause I I, I, I don't see that around the <laughs> I ain't from Baltimore, but I'm nah, I know. I, I'm just, it's, I think it's Philly though, but I, I see that starting to creep into to a few videos I've been scrolling past and I'm not jacking that. Nah. <laughs> say no more. Say no more. Yeah. Um, so obviously, man, like for you, I feel like we talked about this kind of off air a little bit, but obviously living in LA, man, and being there for the last couple of years, what do you think um type of impact living in LA, being on the scene has had on your fashion sense of style? You know, I I feel like you see a bunch of dudes like they go out to LA and they start like just working with a bunch of different brands and jumping into a bunch of different lanes. So for you, do you feel like being in LA has kind of influenced your style at all? Um, I think it definitely has, you know, opened my eyes to, I think LA is more of a place where you can dress how you want. Like you can be you and nobody's going to, you know, nobody's going to outwardly judge you. And I feel like on the East coast, you kind of got to dress how everybody else around you dress or else you ain't, you know, you ain't cool. You ain't hip. You know what I mean? But in LA, like you have a friend group that look, all five of them look way different. And I think that's pretty cool because they're, they're dressing how they feel comfortable with. And on the East Coast, you know, everybody dresses. Now, I want to say the same, but you got to you you have a dress code with your friend group on the East Coast. You know what I mean? Right, they're going to let you know. So, they'll let you know. Exactly. Like in LA, you can wear some crazy shit and they'll just be like, oh, that's him. You know what I mean? I think a perfect so, example of that, a perfect example of that is what happened to Kyle Kuzma, bro, because he was in LA wearing all type of crazy stuff. As soon as he came to DC and threw the uh pink sweater on, the long sleeve. Yeah, they were not having it. Oh, his head. But if he would have been Lakers, he'd have been smooth. He would have been smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I noticed, uh, I listened to your your video that you did on uh on Leaf Fits where you were doing like a little thrift a thrift session and uh, one thing that you said was that you like to highlight like smaller brands and like uh, kind of get them yeah. on platform. So for you, like, what are some of those brands that you're rocking right now that you really like that you think people should know about? Um, I think Hounds is a big one. You know, they're they're really good. 
pounds. Um, that's one of my favorite brands. Um, they drop, you know, sweaters, they drop jeans, they drop the whole nine. Like it's really good. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little brands that, you know, I can't even think of the name that, you know, home firm that they, they're really good. Um, you know, frame frame is a pretty, you know, big, they, they, they're on their way. Um, I wear a lot of their stuff. Uh, but I just like, you know, brands that's not, you know, the Gucci, the Louis V. Like, I don't need to be wearing that stuff. Like, you know, people know I got money. I don't need to go show that I got money. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know what I mean? I don't need to be walking around Gucci head to toe. Like, maybe maybe for fun, like, but not not, not in my closet. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I just like, I like, I like people having a brand and being able to send it to somebody that they know that aware and people will see it in the excitement they get like, yo, you, you know, send me that picture that you wore my stuff. Like, I like that feeling to make somebody feel that way. You know what I mean? I like that, um, you know, make it, putting people on. That's just like my favorite thing to do. Right. Yo, I never had nobody put me on, you know what I mean? I, I've been, you know what I mean? So I like being able to put people on. Facts. Yo, it's crazy you say that about the Gucci head to toe. Cause we, when we had a homie on bro, he was like, <laughs> He was like he called he calls it the uh, the mannequin challenge. <laughs> he said the same thing. He, like, he called people the mannequin challenge. He'd be wearing the Gucci head, the toe, the Dior. Yeah, going you go into Gucci and look at a mannequin and be like, that's what I want, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey man, hey listen man, that's the second. Hey listen, if y'all listen to this man, I got to leave <laughs> on the past man. You know what I'm saying? That's not him. Um, yeah. That's a fact though. So my next question is this man. Like, I think I was wanting to ask this because I feel like. Um, I know so you have a stylist, and I know I look I look did some research. Her name is um Mary Mary Francis. Mary Francis. So um I guess it's a two-part question. Number one, like what does a stylist do for you? Like as far as like because I was wondering, all right, do are they picking the whole fit and sending it to you? Like are they just being like, all right, you should wear this with that? Like, how does that work as far as the collab with when you want a stylist? That, that's the first part of the question. Yeah, so um it it's like a collaboration like you know she's like i like this and i'm like i like this and then she she'll send me something you like these these two together I, i'll be like nah i'd rather wear it with this you know what i'm saying like we just go back and forth on what i want to wear and then we're in year four now so she really knows what i like so now she's just like anything she puts together she knows that i'm gonna like it um just you know just from working together so long but you know she just shops for me um goes out and picks stuff that, that she thinks I like. She connects with all these brands. And, you know, they send stuff over for free. Some some brands pay me to wear stuff. Like it's just a whole it's just a it's a whole different marketing strategy outside of, you know, the court. That's tough. That's tough. And then so my second question, I feel like you have people I I feel like it's it's like a two sided coin. You have some people who like embrace having style. I was listening to a Lee Fitz interview with D Wade and Melo, and they were both talking about they had their stylists on the interview, and they were both talking about the relationship they had with them over the course of their career. But then you got other people who post fits and they be like, oh, Yeah, like no stylists, like yo, I'm doing a little my own out here. You feel me? So like yeah, you, I mean, what's your take on it? Like on that whole on the whole thing? Like, what do you what, what side of the coin do you follow? Obviously, I'm a I'm know, a businessman. I'm a businessman, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to take pride in making, you know, wearing people's stuff and making no money for it and not putting them on and not helping them out. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna try and put my circle on. I'm gonna try and put my stylist on. Like if I could have a stylist to put her on, I'm gonna try and do that. 
I'm trying to put the brands on, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to make money while I do. I'm going to invest in brands. I'm going to take equity in brands. I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? So that's how I'm thinking about it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with the prize stuff. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a businessman. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Great. Period. I fuck with it. Um, so then I guess, so for you, since you have dollars, do you still shop like for stuff on your own or is it kind of like, she just tell her, oh yeah, can you go grab this for me? Like, how does that work? Do you still like, or does she kind of have all your yeah, I don't like the process of shopping. Like, mm. I, I don't like walking around and looking at things a hundred times and be like, should I buy it? Should I buy it? I'd rather just like see something and be like, that's what I want, and then send it to her, and then she'll she'll get it. Okay. But the whole like going to the store, I, I hate that stuff. I hate that process. <laughs> yeah, I bet it's it's kind of hectic. I guess being in the league now, playing for the Clippers, you probably can't do too much of that anyways. Yeah, I, I think you know what I think it is. Though I'm scarred from you know my mom. You know, growing up, being, you know, single, just going to the stores with her, going to the malls with her, being there for like four or five hours, just walking around all day. Thanks. You know, I'm scarred. Going to Marshalls, like walking around all day in Marshalls. Nah, I'm not not doing that anymore. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I feel you, man. Them days is wild. You can't get something. No, don't touch nothing. Yeah, no. You just get knowed all day. That's probably why I got PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, so, all right. So, I guess my next question would be, obviously, now, um, it's come well, it's coming into the winter time now, but I already know how much of winter y'all get in, in LA. I don't know if it really gets cold out there or not. Um, you know, what you got in your in your wardrobe for the for the cold season coming up, man? Any anything you got your eye on what you like, you know what I'm saying? Um, what you got coming no, up? I got a few, yeah, I got a few puffer jackets about to come out. Um, got a few leather jackets I'm about to wear. Um, yeah, I'm big on jackets. Like, if you look at my style, I always got like a sweatshirt or like something over, you know, I'm never just with a t shirt on. So, I'm big on layers. So, I'm just gonna layer up this winter. Yep, yep. So, when it comes to this, like, just I guess you talk about it, you know, say you're, you're a business, business man, you know what I'm saying? And when you talk about your brand, right, like, you have any vision down the line of like starting your own clothing brand or getting into the fashion from like a another level, like, you know, down the line, like kind of, what do you see? Cause I feel like, you know, for somebody like yourself who, who does actually like, and one, you invest in it, you take pride in it, you actually pay attention to it. It's not just like you throwing stuff on, you know, like, um, you, right. you, so you have an actual passion for it. So like, do you have any plans to kind of, you know, expound upon that, uh, kind of down the line anyway? Yeah, I, I do. I do definitely. And right now me and my team are working on taking the right Avenue. Like I want my, my first step in it to be the right, the right thing to do so I, I don't know if it's to start a clothing brand I don't know if it's to collaborate with clothing brands I don't I don't know exactly what I want to do yet but definitely something yeah yeah now how, how do you navigate like those brand partnerships because you mentioned your stylist is bringing you deals as far as like all right you know this brand wants to pay me to wear this and that like so by the end of the day it's up to your discretion to be like all right like I don't really I'm not really rocking with that fit or those clothes like um, how do you kind of determine like, all right, what you actually going to put on your body and promote as far as like, all right, well, this brand is going to pay me some money and I'm going to wear it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not an easy process. You know, it's, it's a lot of back and forth, um, a lot of figuring out what I'm going to do, but, um, you know, it, we got a We got a good system with it. Um, and yeah, you know, I try, I try not to exploit brands. I try not to just go into thing, things for the money of it either. You know what I mean? Like, it gotta be. It gotta make sense with what I, what my style is, and what we like to wear. Right, right. Copy, man. So to cap it off, man, who you gotta give us your top five swaggiest players in the league based on based on your your fashion sense. It don't gotta be like the consensus. Like who would get top five favorite 
favorite dudes that you like? Right. Um, that's a good question. Um, I like you know Jordan Clarkson. I like his style. I like um Devin Booker. You know he goes with the monochromatic type style. Um, I like Shea. His style is unique. Um, what's that three? Yeah. Who else? Who else is good? I like John Wall's been doing really well recently. Uh, he's been wearing a lot of gallery department, but he's been mixing it with other stuff. So I like that. And then the fifth one, ooh, that's tough. There's a lot, bro. There's a lot. I'm trying to think. Of, it's a, it's a, I'm trying to think of old head to be dressed nice. I got oh, actually David, I to see what you think. I got, I, got, I, got, say this. I got David Duke from the Nets. Uh okay, keeping it in the New England family. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I was talking to one of my boys, his name is uh Stan Kidd. He had a stand with the Jazz um two years ago, but he's overseas now. And he was he uh brought up Jeff Green as one of the old heads that really be like that that really be dressing. And I I feel like um his name got brought up on that podcast I was talking about with D Wade and Melo, but I feel like he's one of the older dudes that uh, apparently, you know, he. I think he he got some respect in the in the fashion game. Nah, for sure, for sure, Jeff Green, one hundred percent. That's a bet. That's a bet, man. Um, shoot, man, I ain't gonna keep you for too long, man. Um, I always I was in the podcast off like this, man. We I took this segment from all the smoke. Cause I think it's a genius idea. Um, mm-hmm. Who's one person that you would like us to have on the podcast? But whoever you say. Gotta help get us get get them on. It could be a player, uh stylist, a photographer. It could be anybody that you think uh-huh. is dope doing that's doing great work. You know what I'm saying? It don't gotta be a hooper. It could be somebody who you wanna, you know, who think that deserves deserves some shine, whatever it may be. Um, but who would you want to see on this platform? I think I think an artist, you know, probably try music artists, you know, um from the area. From see, from my area is Lil Rich. He's from Lowell, so he's from where I'm from. Um you know, I think artists, they go through a lot of different things and similar to athletes. So I think just, you know, merging those lanes would be pretty cool. Okay. All right, bet. So after the, after the show, man, we're going to chop it up, see if we can get a little rich to tap in with us, man. That's that's going to be I the bet. best, man. Um, but nah, man, definitely just want to say thank you, man, for taking the time out and uh, chopping up with us, man. I know you got a busy season and uh, you guys obviously got, you know, um, big goals for this year, man. So I know... You know, it's, it's a lot of things you could be doing today, man. So I definitely want to say thank you for stopping by the What's In It Bad podcast, man. And uh, like I said, I know my brother's going to be taking good care of y'all boys out there, man. If he, if he, nah, if he, he does, for sure. His job, man, let me know. You know what I'm saying? I'll get on his ass for y'all, man. But uh, nah, man, shout out to you, man. Like I said, it's, it's been a pleasure to just watch your career grow, bro, from tilting, uh, obviously through Florida State, and to see where you are now, man. I know that. Um, you know, from the outside looking in for me, it's definitely been a pleasure just to, 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 to see you work and a dude that was underrated and an underdog story, man. You always let it see it. So wishing y'all nothing but success this year. And uh, I'm going to be rooting for y'all, like I said. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me again. No doubt. No doubt, man. All right, guys. This has been another episode of the What's in Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online. Make sure you guys are liking this podcast, giving us a five-star rating, subscribing to this podcast if you're listening to it on YouTube. It goes a long way. It's going to be Pull Up Tay on the outro. That was him on the intro, guys, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. This has been another episode of the What's in Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online.
Gotta brag now, and you ain't never been the type to finish last now. You made it to the NBA from a class clown. It's crazy how this shit changed. You and your bag now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.